episode 18. Can you believe it? 18 of these things already. They're going by fairly quickly. I, I'm, I mean, I guess I would have planned to make it to 18, but it still seems like a lot. I don't know where I'm going with this podcast or what I'm going to do with it, but I, I imagine that I'm going to get to like one year and probably get pretty tired of it and, and then abandon it and I'm just going to like get you guys used to, you know, this format, you're going to think it's great, you know, and then build up this whole relationship with the crowd and then I'll, you know, get lazy and you know, walk away. This, this is a possibility. On the show today... George Hincappy. Um, I mean, is there much you can say about that? You know, like everybody knows George. Um, I've had brief run-ins with him before. I was teammates with him for a couple years, and when I was there, he was always very nice and um, open and helpful. If I had a question, he was there for me. Real quick, loving that you guys help out with uh, my sponsors on Twitter. It really helps more than you know. Um, I do notice when you guys do it. um, That's positive feedback like that is so unusual on the internet that the sponsors notice it. And you guys are really helping them. I'm not pulling in some kind of money where I uh, can retire off of this. It's just hopefully I can upgrade my computer, some mics, go and visit people uh, that otherwise, you know, maybe don't go to races anymore. So those sponsors are. this The presenting sponsor always, for now, is Cardo Cyclist. And, you know, just tweet at them, thank them. I gave a prize away yesterday. When you guys read, when you guys hear this, yeah, there's going to be a, another prize of the best, most genuine sounding thank you to Carter Cyclist. Tag me and Carter Cyclist. Give away a $50 gift certificate to them. Gave one away yesterday. Um, and then we're doing another Road ID. Road ID is uh, helping sponsor this podcast as well. And, uh, you know, they're long times, longtime sponsors of George. Uh, I know PJ Rabiz way back in the day. He's helping out, so much love to them. Um, we'll have a contest for them too, giving out some $35 gift cards to them. So again, guys, appreciate all the Twitter love. Keep it up. And, uh, as long as you guys keep that up, I promise to try to deliver the most, you know, professional podcast I can to you. If it, <clears throat> if everybody's gonna, you know, if the sponsors don't feel the love, then they'll go away and I'll still do the podcast, but, you know. On my own time. God, that was, that was like a veiled threat, wasn't it? That was, that was a threat. I don't mean to threaten people. Anyway, enough of my BS. Here's George Hidden Cappy. Were you scared? Of what? Getting killed. You'll never write well if you fear dying. Do you? Yeah, I do. I'd say it's probably, might be my greatest fear, actually. Well, it's something all men before you have done, all men will do. I know, I know. Have you ever made love to a truly great woman? Actually, my fiancé is pretty sexy. And when you make love to her, you feel true and beautiful passion, and you, for at least that moment, lose your fear of death. 
No, that, that doesn't happen. I believe that love that is true and real creates a respite from death. All cowardice comes from not loving or not loving well, which is the same thing. And when the man who is brave and true looks death squarely in the face, like some rhino hunters I know, or Belmonte, who's truly brave, it is because they love with sufficient passion to push death out of their minds until it returns as it does to all men. And then you must make really good love again. Think about it. I'd like to dedicate this song to little Junior Park. A cousin of mine that's gone on Uh, no, the CrossFit's good, man, because you get like, I think you get you like really, like, because we've been riding our whole lives, I think you get yeah. really addicted to the like, <coughs> not just the muscle, like, okay, the muscle soreness is a good feeling sometimes, yeah. but like, I think you get ex that like mental exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we yeah. get really addicted to that. Absolutely. I'm like, a, like my wife gets so mad at me because like, I'll ride, I don't ride more than three hours anymore, sure. I'll do like three hours on the weekends during the week, I'll do like two hours, like two times during the week, yeah. but I'm either riding or playing tennis, so sometimes yeah. I'll ride and play tennis, and I'll end right. up like working up like five hours, <laughs> I'm always like, what's wrong with you? But it's true, you kind of need it. I no, need that's what I was going to say, that's what I was going to say, because like, I see pictures of you now on, like, you post pictures on Twitter, yeah. and like, you're always riding and yeah. whatnot, it's like, but you've been riding since you were a kid, like, you've yeah. always been fit. Like, like I don't see you yeah. retiring and like gaining yeah. 50 lbs. No, I fear that. Actually, but I, the problem is the only thing that saves me is that I exercise all the time. But I eat now. It's like I'm, I'm eating all the stuff that I didn't allow myself to eat. Yeah. And I got to kind of start getting away from that. But it's you know it's only been a year. 
What's the like, food that you're like dabbling? I mean, almost? like chips and like I, yeah. you know, I never used. To, I would never allow that in my body. Now it's like no. okay, I'll have some chips and stuff. Too. <laughs> you know what? I find that like I'm I'm eating a whole lot less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can show it. Yeah, I find that I'm eating a whole lot less. Oh yeah, I don't have to have those big pots and meals and all that. Yeah, I, just, I eat less. Yeah, so I like snack a lot more too. Yeah, but I will like now I find like oh I'll order a calzone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you eat like half of it and you're like fuck I don't need it anymore. So you don't end up really gaining that much. Yeah, hopefully. No, you should try the CrossFit man. It's I've done I've done similar stuff. Yeah. And you know what's funny? It's like I can't have somebody else make me suffer anymore. Like I just can't do it. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I just have this in the back of my head, like all the pain in the pelts. You know. When you ride for those three hours, like a day, do you? Like, I ride with do my you buddies. Just jam? Oh yeah, we ride, and they'll start attacking me, and we pace on that. My only fitness goals on the bike is so I'm still stronger than my buddies. Back That's it. Like I don't <laughs> right, care about right, my right, team. Right. Like these guys, they drop me all the time on climbs. I don't care. Yeah. Right? It's just like my yeah. buddies. <laughs> I ride with. It's kind of fun. How is it like retirement so I like far, it. man? I like it. Yeah. How long were you doing it for? How long did you have like 19 a pro? Nineteen years, bro. Nineteen years, bro. Yeah. Fuck, dude. That you tied with most Tour de France starts, or um, yeah, now with with Stewie, tied with Stewie. <laughs> How was it like? Cause I, I mean, I'll. I don't. We we don't have like a really good like relationship. <laughs> I don't know you like that mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, but like I have like such a good memory with some like like things. Do you re do you still remember like seventeen years ago, like your first tour de France? Can you, can you remember like this road, yeah, yeah. that hotel? I remember suffering so bad my first tour de France that I was kind of hoping I would crash. Yeah. It was the day yeah. without helmets. Sure enough, I came around this corner, front flatted. Bam! <laughs> Hit my head, stitches in my head, or I didn't get them until afterwards, but I finished the stage, it was two weeks in. But, then I but it was like this guilt-free way of like yeah, pulling exactly, it exactly. I've been in breaks before where I've ridden on the side of the road. <laughs> like, you know, like you're in the yeah. gutter and you're yeah. like, I'm just gonna, cause if I fucking fly, this would be brilliant. I'm just so on the limit yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't miss those days for sure. But you still travel, like you obviously still love bike so racing. Much. Yeah. I've been traveling a ton. I've been doing events for, you know, for BMC still a little bit, and then just trying to- Just the company them. straight. And then yeah. my company, and they try to grow this team, and then we fly around and meet potential sponsors, and we're trying to keep our existing sponsors happy, and yeah. I've been gone a bunch. What do you want to grow the under 23 team into? To, to like a real team. You are really, really? Yeah, that's like the goal. Like, does the, does the current BMC team like? Oh, no, they don't, I mean, you know, it's, my my parting with them is still fresh, so they still kind of want me around. And, right. Um, and it's good. I enjoy. I still enjoy being around the guys, and I do, I do stuff for their for their BMC corporate, you know, and I do events around dealerships that are important. Um, so I'm still kind of an ambassador of the of the brand, and they sponsor our team right now. So, yeah. Um. So there's a lot of synergies there. Do what do you what do you miss about racing? Do you miss anything? Um. Yeah. Do I miss anything? No, not really. Not yet. No. You know, I, I guess I miss, I miss having, you know, now I'm doing a lot of, just a lot, I'm working on a bunch of different things, yeah. but there isn't that one goal where you, there's nothing else that comes in it. It's like you train, yeah. you, you rest, and everything is centered around your performance. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, I'm working with the company, I'm working a little bit with the team, and you know, everything is kind of like, just... It, it just moves slower to, too. It does, it does. Like yeah. real life moves so much slower, yeah. it's so... Like, cause yeah, I started at, like a few things, and you get this excitement of like, oh, this is great. Yeah, like, yeah. 
I know how to do this, but then it moves. Yeah. Then you send that email off and you don't hear anything for like three or four days <laughs> and you're freaking out. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you notice this too. I found that like with cycling and like being a professional, like you, we concentrate so much on like how to get better. Mm, yeah. Like how our diet, how yeah, like yeah. our leg, like we're constant training, diet, equipment, whatever. We're constantly yeah. thinking about these things. Yeah, yeah. Mm waking up to go to bed so like when you take that energy into like any other business yeah like you're able just to blow people out of water oh yeah like sure, it's yeah. not even close yeah no i've noticed even with my company i mean just 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 the things i've started doing already has been making a really big impact and everybody's really happy to have me around uh, just and also the the people that you meet throughout your career you know the connections yeah. that you make and then you're actually when you have the time to actually go visit them or you know follow through on the stuff you've, you've done with them, it means a lot, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah. Goes, it goes a long way. Whereas a cyclist, you're so selfish. It's just about riding your bike, you know, like <laughs> nothing else matters. And that's, yeah. you know, it, in, in many ways, like towards the end of my career, I started feeling guilty about that. It's like, no, where's like, there's so crazy. much more to life, you know, right. like you have your wife, you got kids, you got family. And it's when you're, when you're at that level, it's just, it, it has to be all about you or else it doesn't really work that well. <laughs> I, I remember like having this vivid moment of like it was really nice day in like May or June like the weather was perfect it was a weekend yeah and like my friends and wife were doing things and yeah. I remember thinking like it's too nice of a day to spend on my bike I know yeah. and that's like the first time it came to me I was like oh that's bad yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. well same like my kid you know my, my kids you know they want to play when I get back when I get back from training and yeah I'll just be too tired to go play soccer or, or whatever, tennis, whatever they want to do. It's just, yeah, you're just done. Yeah, you're just done. So now, now I'm like, I bike a little bit, I play with them a lot, and I do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. How old are they now? F uh, five and eight. It's a good age. Yeah, it's fun. That's when they really start. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Learning and yeah. asking questions. Yeah. Um, they're hilarious. It's a good time. What do you uh, got going on after this? You do Colorado too? Or? Um, I go to Canada on Friday, so I go home tonight. Home for two days. I go to Canada for a charity ride up there. So I'll be gone Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, I'm back, and then and then I have an event in Atlanta the next weekend. Are you think you're just addicted to traveling too, man? No, actually, I'm. I'm now. I'm like looking at it, and I agreed to all this stuff like months ago, and now I'm like, shit, everything's like piling up. All right. I don't have a free weekend from now until like. I don't know when, like the end of October. It's crazy. It's your wife just shrugging her shoulders. Yeah, she's like, really? You. Well, I take her. Now it's like not. You take like, her when you can. Sometimes I, I take her. Yeah. Like she might go to Canada with me this weekend, and next weekend's event, I'm gonna take the whole family. So I try to bring them as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get back to 17 years of being pro, like 19 years. 19 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking years. Do. Is it like? It's got to seem like a completely different sport from when you started to what it is now. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even that being said, we are, like, in a school dorm. I know. I know. Isn't it funny, like, yeah. I was thinking about that, like, how cycling is always has this humble roots of, like, there's guys in this race who have Absolutely. won the Tour de France stages, yeah. Yeah, 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 and they're yeah. sleeping in a college dormitory. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was thinking that last year at the start of Colorado, and we were in yeah. the dorms also, and I was like, wow. What there's no AC in those. No right? AC, yeah, that was, that was rough. But, you know, it... And you, you come into a town like this, and I don't know much about the town, but it, you would wonder if there'd be many people to finish. But today you saw, I mean, there was a big crowd. It was, it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Um, people still love it, and the riders 
the riders love the the Euros love racing in America. Do they? they love the big roads. Yeah, you know, the enthusiasms of the crowd. And it's just it's one. It's and then when you race in America, as you know, you can if you have good legs, you can just hang out the back all day and yeah. then move up when it's hard or when yeah. you when you you're not constantly stressed. No, you're not in Europe. It's like you're constantly stressing about your position. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a bad it's a constant battle. Yeah. It's almost like a different sport, you know, when you yeah. go and do these races in, in northern France. Well, it's gonna, yeah, it's totally not, different. Uh, where do you, like, from when you started, you went over, like, Motorola. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how, what's the, is there one thing that sticks out as the biggest difference, or is it just too much to even grab? Oh, there's, there's too much. I mean, now, you know, every team's got a buzz. Every team's got the... You know, the bikes are all super What was the high first end. team with a bus, man? Yeah, the first, I, I think it was like PDM or something. PDM had yeah, a bus. Yeah, PDM. And now, now if you look, I mean, I feel guilty because my guys don't have a bus here. Oh, right. Right. I should have looked into that a little bit further. But, um, you know, you see a lot more companies involved in the sport on, yeah. on the domestic level, for sure. Um, you know, the attention now is, is worldwide in the big races like Tour de France, where before it was kind of just centered around European press and yeah. European fans. Now it's, you know, it's a global sport. I mean, you already have like, I don't think if, I don't think it would matter to you, but if they were say like America's best classic racer, or like, I mean, I don't see anybody better than you that could take that thing, but I, I wonder like if your name would almost be bigger still if like when you were 20, in your 20s racing, Hep Volk, Depana, Dunkirk, uh, like the hardest races in the world that like nobody knows about, yeah. especially back then, because like what was it back then? It was like uh, Winning Magazine. Yeah, yeah, back then. It would just do like the top three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember having to look for like... <clears throat> There's certainly a lot more attention around. I mean, people can watch a lot of these races live now on TV and, um, you know, where the general public, they still don't know what Hep Volk is and Kern Bros. Right. Where you and I know this is like, those are it's like war zone races. Right. It was like it's GP, like, Pinot Spray. Yeah, I mean, they're just crazy. You know, right. people don't quite get it. Even a lot of a lot of the cyclists here in, in the U.S., they, they, don't, they don't understand how, how yeah. hard it is and how different the racing is. So there's, but, but there's, you know, the bigger races, you know, the big stage races and the Tour de France and the Dauphiné, they're, they're getting more attention and people are starting to understand those more. Yeah, but I, I just feel like if, and it's a useless comment or thought because it's you can't change it. But I think about like all those, like all you have to do is like enter, you know, three days West Flanders or yeah, yeah. any of these things at once, and like races that you really kicked ass at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like now, if like, I don't know, like no slight to him, but like if Ted King gets. 17th in Pino Cerami, yeah, yeah, like he's gonna get like a pretty big pop out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's is it harder? Is it is it easier, do you think, for like riders to like build up this name and like brand and everything? Well, now it's well, not only just because of what the way the sports evolve, because well, social media, I mean, riders can build up their own brand now without even right. doing anything. I mean, it's right. kind of, it's crazy. So, that has absolutely changed in that sense. But in the, at the end of the day, it's good for the sport. I mean, it attracts more attention. It gets. Do you have people. like any like the old man like oh this guy like you see people like building their brand off of? Do I have anybody? <laughs> do you know? Do you have that like? Oh, when I see it, no, yeah. I, no. I mean, I you know, I'm a, I'm a you know, I uh, I'm a victim also of social media. I mean, I tweet and it's important for our brand and it's important to get our our team out there. So yeah. hell, it's 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 a. Uh, 
this sport is so hard that no matter what level you're at, yeah. everybody suffers the same. You know, it's yeah. like Steve Bauer always used to tell me, "There's no, there's no such thing as an overpaid cyclist because <laughs> we all suffer." You know, it's just yeah, like yeah. the pain is the same whether you're winning or losing. So, uh, you know, that's really stuck stuck with me throughout my career. Yeah. Uh, what what is gonna stick with you? Like, what what's a memory or a few like memories that like aren't the traditional memory like everybody always says like oh like helping like you yeah. helped a couple people win the yeah. tour yeah, yeah, helped, yeah like three people win the tour yeah, yeah like i mean okay that could be anybody's one highlight but like sometimes those highlights for me are like uh a late night dinner with a team like where everybody mm -hmm. has too much to drink or yeah. like something like, do you have something that sticks out like um yeah, I mean, recently, I guess would be last year. I got a lot of my team, well, ex teammates came to 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 the grand fund, my grand fund, and yeah, you know, we pretty much sat in my house and just told all story, old just, stories, and just sat around and drank the whole night. That stands out now because it's recently, but you know, I had a lot of uh, a lot of fun, hilarious experiences on HCC, you know, with Cavendish and yeah. the guys, hilarious. Um, you know, on, on BMC also, when I went to BMC, everybody questioned like, oh, why are you going to such a small team? Are you just right. trying to like, you know, uh, this is just your way to retire. You're just going to take it easy now. Good and then a year later, yeah, yeah. exactly a year later, we won the Tour de France, you know, so right. it was like, those really stand out. And, and, and the latter part of my career that I was able to help a lot of young riders as well, just to, you know, to to know what exactly what it takes to be a, a successful professional athlete. Do you think uh, the kids, Again, this sounds like an old man's talking, but do you think the kids are as hungry as you were back then, or do you think they're a little softer now? Or? Um, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I the way I kind of grew up racing, like it was, I was never allowed or never like quitting. Quitting a race was unless I had something broken, that was never an option. Right. And I see a lot of young riders now; they just stop. You know, if they're not feeling great. Right. Or they're not motivated for that race, they'll stop. And right. to me, that's maybe just a little bit. Uh, you know, that Comments I don't like seeing it. that, and I think that that's not good for a young rider to have that mentality. Yeah, you kind of you kind of don't allow that. Because I think I was telling some of the younger riders on Optum, uh, I always tell them before the year. Because one of those things that team directors always do is they always tell you like, tell them to team camp, like, ah, oh, don't. Don't stress. Like first couple of races, they'll give you this kind yeah. of like, don't stress. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, ride yourself into it, and this is the other races. Yeah, but it's yeah, no, it's, like how untrue that is. It's yeah, like no, it when you're the new young guy, like yeah, you gotta, you need to come out swinging, take dirty. You yeah. gotta just get in the dirt and just just hold on as long as you can. Yeah, hold on as long as you can and just you know suffer as yeah. much as possible. Because if you pop a result in March, you're yeah. set for the rest of the year. And it's just building blocks for the whole season. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're not feeling good and you quit a race okay fine but if you're not feeling good and you at least finish that race and you went through the worst pain in your life you've got you become stronger from it most times right so, I mean, somehow, that's the way I, yeah somehow yeah exactly i just feel i feel like there's this such a fear of like overtraining or burnout yeah. that we, we steer kids in the completely opposite manner well now everybody's you know everybody's got all their training fully measured and their diets and you know yeah which is important. It's actually it's helped a lot of riders, but it's also taken away from riders just having the feeling of, you know, yeah. should I attack now or you know some, they just you know fixated on their watts and their heart rates. 
where I mean feeling is just so much more important in, in many instances yeah because there are times I noticed because I always race the power meter like when I was a professional and there were times like in the in the later years where it'd be just really digging yeah, yeah. and I'd be looking down like okay you're doing like 450 for a while and then yeah, yeah. you get to the top and you're like all right well, I made the front group yeah because yeah. I was doing 450 like oh, that was really hard but like the, the, the sense of accomplishment came from doing 450. It wasn't like, okay, now I've made it, now i got to go. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I made a point of never looking at my watch during races. Only yeah. at, in time trials I would sometimes look yeah. because that's more controllable. You know? But in a race, you know, you're not really control, you're not controlling your own destiny many times. It's the peloton, and depending yeah. on how the race, how they're climbing the climb or, or, you know, or attacking the flats. It's, just, it's a matter of, of having, having a feeling in the race. Yeah, I think when you when you just have pain, when you're just on the end of it, you just you're so focused on only the pain. Yeah. That when it kind of alleviates, you get a, you get an enjoyment out of that and a sense of relief. Whereas if you're looking down and you're hurting and it, you're like your watts are really low, I think it could kind of like it double fucks you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you think like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, now, man. yeah. Like, or you think. How am I going to get up this next climb if I'm right. suffering this bad on this climb? Yeah, yeah. You don't usually don't want to have that information because many times you know you you don't feel great in certain parts of the race, and other parts of the race you feel amazing. So I mean that's just yeah. what endurance cycling is about. I mean you go you got to take the ebbs and flows. You don't think that they should be banned from racing though, huh? I no, no. I hear you always hear people who never race the Tour de France yeah, saying yeah. how Sky just looked at their power meters. And yeah, but it's one thing to race like just looking at your power meter it's another thing completely to be oh, able to absolutely. do those watts <laughs> well to do those watts and to get through the first week of the tour de france i mean it's right. just it's chaos you almost you almost guaranteed to crash in the first week of the tour de yeah. france so they still have to be good riders to get through that srms aren't helping them get through the <laughs> chaos of the tour de france you know I, it just it baffles my mind that fans think if Chris Froome doesn't have a power meter, he won't murder people going up there. Yeah, no. I don't, I don't if anything, they might go faster. Yeah. Because now they don't have the restrictor plate on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have this mental, oh, I can only do 500 watts for this month. <coughs> yeah, exactly. They'd just be going feeling it, and who knows, maybe now they're doing 520. Yeah, yeah. And just really killing yeah. people. No, I mean, he was clearly the dominant force this year in the tour. He was, he looked like a guy who was really good but really sometimes inexperienced well i i've, I've no i've raced with chris the last two or three years i didn't i never knew him that well but he was in Torrey, california yeah and he actually made a breakaway with us one day he got dropped <laughs> it was hilarious then that same year he got like second or third place in the tour of spain yeah but on the bike he looks like he's he's either going to crash at any moment or he's <laughs> in the worst pain of his life and then he'll just ride away from you on a climb so you're in the peloton, you think, how can this guy go so fast? But he's just, you know, he's a freak of an athlete. Yeah. Do you think Sky does anything with his positioning on a bike? Or they're just like, if it's not broke, don't fix yeah, it? Yeah, probably. I would think so. I mean, it does, yeah, it doesn't look great, but it goes fast. I guess that's all that matters. Uh, with Chris, like, you don't have to speak for anybody, but with the Chris winning and people just, I think people now just go after the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure. just the yeah. easiest thing to do. Well, it's, 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 it's unfortunate our sport yeah. has gone through that whole period. And I, I know that it's changed because yeah. I've been in it and I, yeah. I was part of it and yeah. I saw the change. So I know, and a lot of people aren't gonna believe it, but you know, I was still able to do what I did when I wasn't doing that. Yeah. So. 
and you know helping people win Tour de France's and yeah. so to me yeah it's believable that he's winning clean. oh no I think it's I definitely believe it I yeah. think it's totally believable but I was wondering if you would see him like when he would get angry or do you ever feel like reaching out to those people and saying like dude just say this or don't say that like <laughs> be open don't be open because or don't get mad <laughs> or don't get mad because yeah. I I personally like whenever like Wiggins or Firm got mad and like, yeah. cursed it. like I thought it was per I personally I, I liked it because it, yeah. it showed a guy who was like he wasn't a robot. He was yeah, no, emotional. these guys are passionate. I mean, they they worked hard and they're getting questioned for what they're doing just because they're winning. Uh -huh. I can understand the frustration for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, first I just thought this was funny. The first uh, time I heard your name, man, was this like. Remember when like ESPN two would show the Dupont, Tour Dupont? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And uh, it was that stage that you got disqualified. Yeah. You won the stage. Said. Yeah. Who, who was that that like beat you in the sprint? Because <laughs> I, I, I just know that that's the memory. Yeah, I remember that quite well. It was uh, his last name was Peterson, and he was, was a Sorn. I, I, it might have been Danish guy. It was a Danish guy for sure. Oh, yeah, Sorn. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And he was just coming over. I mean, I kind of just put my hand out, like, "Hey, dude, we're going." Yeah, you even hit you. No, no, not at all. I just yeah. like put my hand out from cutting me off, and bam, I was disqualified. But did he even protest it? Did I? No, did he? Or did the official just I see something? Official, I think the official just yanked me. Oh man, I just remember because like, you had this yeah, I was insane like New York City yeah, like yeah, yeah. chain on, and <laughs> I was really upset. <laughs> did you think at that point? Do you look back at stuff like that? Like, oh man, if I would have known, I would have been so successful. But at that time, it must have seemed like the world. Oh yeah, no. At the time, absolutely, I was like the worst of the worst. Even when I, I think it was '97 when I when I, I won the national championship in Philly, yeah. and I got a flat with like 15k go. I came oh, back. Oh yeah, 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 right. I didn't mean put you which, back in. Yeah, which everybody does every day, sure. like in the classics. Sure. I mean, you see that like all day long. Sure. Bam, same thing. Disqualified. <laughs> but you know, those are part of. Part of the sport. Do they like DQ right away or do they put you on the podium? No, I was on the podium. Yeah, I was on the podium. I got off the podium. There's a rumor that something like that might have happened this year <laughs> and they didn't they didn't go through with the DQ. Really? Just saying there might be that rumor. <laughs> it's probably completely false. I wasn't there, but um, <laughs> uh so so tell me, dude, like what what so Starting with BMC, you guys drinking like, what is like one of those like, because when you went to Europe, it was a little bit when I went to Europe when I was eighteen. Yeah, but when you went to Europe, I mean, it was pre-internet, it was pre oh, cell yeah, phones. It was brutal. Yeah, it was hard. It must have been getting shot to another planet. Yeah, no, it was absolutely. I would, I would have to save up like. What was the first change? What was the first? My parents. <laughs> what was the first uh, like, country you got the apartment in? Uh, Italy. Was it Italy? Yeah. Was it Como? Como. Yeah. Well, how was that place? I mean, it's, it was. You know, I, now I love going to Italy, and I really appreciate the culture. Then I was like completely lost. I was counting the days that I would, you know, be back in the U.S., be back home. It was just t totally, yeah. just not my, you know, my environment. I didn't speak the language at the time, and I was just really lost. And you know, it's Como's not like this big town where you can go out and meet people. Or... Yeah, no, it was it was hard to meet people. If you were a foreigner, they would. You know, very hard to break in. Italians don't speak English by no, trade. No, no, no. So, was it? Did you get insanely homesick? Or? Oh yeah, insanely homesick, big time. <laughs> I remember. 
<laughs> I joined uh, Seiko when I was 18 or 19. That's right. Weird, crazy. Yeah, that must have been hard. At least I was on an American team. <laughs> yeah. But they, yeah. they put me, they put Pate and I in this uh, apartment outside of, uh, what's, it, what's the town that, um, Bergamo. They put us out Bergamo. Bergamo. Okay. Yeah, that's near. In the uh, Lago di Iseo. Okay. okay. And they put us in this, like, dude, an apartment outside Iseo <laughs> with uh, this Moldovan guy, Igor wow. Pugacci. <laughs> And I remember, I remember uh, figuring out how to work a payphone finally. Yeah. <laughs> and just like calling my dad. And being, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Do you have any moments like that? Oh yeah, a ton. I had a ton of moments. What? We show up to like the the phone with the, like the payphone with like two. Well, that did that. Cars. I did those that in my like my amateur years on the national team, like racing like Niedersachsen in Germany, just getting completely crushed. Yeah, <laughs> by all these East German guys, <laughs> and just calling home, going, "Man, Dad, I don't know if I can handle this." What would your dad say? What would he tell you? Like, keep just, it going. You know, just stay calm. You know, you'll get through. Just fight through. We don't quit. We don't quit races. We don't quit races. Yeah. And I got through. I got through. How long did it take for you to think like, "Oh, okay, I can do this"? Um. Well, I suffered those years greatly, but then even the same year, I started getting better at like the Worlds and on the national level. Did you go to the Olympics that year? <clears throat> that year, I'm trying to think. You went to the Olympics in 92, yeah? 92. A team time trial. So, this is like before that even, I think this was like 91. And I was like still a junior doing like the senior races, like the amateur races. It was, sure. It was rough. Then I made the Olympic team and we still got crossed in Barcelona. We got destroyed. What place did you get? Like 17th in team time trial. Really? Yeah. How many teams in there? Probably like 30. <laughs> yeah, we got crushed. Who was the team then? Um, it was Nate Reese, Scott Mercier, and myself. And um, uh, I, I can't remember the last name. Dude, the 100K team time trial had to have been the hardest shit ever. Oh, yeah, it was brutal. But then I was really, I was really good in team time trials. After that, I was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Any team time trial in Tour de France, I was always really good. Cause I mean, that had to set you up pretty well for your pro career, really, because you have to focus so hard for yeah, two hours, hours and you're on the yeah, limit. It's, it's just so boring too. <laughs> was it four guys? Four guys. I mean, who's one? Straight through, straight through, uh, straight through like the highways of Barcelona. Right, they always wanted to. They wanted to try to standardize the time, right? Yeah, yeah So they would exactly. always put it on the highway if they could. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that event doesn't exist anymore. But I do like the the, the team time trials in the Grand Tour. So nine guys, I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like one half the fucking distance. Yeah, it's thirty hundred percent more riders. Yeah, yeah, and you just go. I mean, it's. It's so intense, you know, and there, there is a feeling when you nail a team time trial. Yeah, yeah. When it it's really smooth and everybody's yeah. just, it's, yeah. it almost feels like effortless in the moment. Yeah. Like yeah. you just, it's a video game. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, that's a special event. I like that event. Uh, what do you, what do you think you're gonna, what do you think you're gonna go from here, man? Like, you got your clothing line, you yeah. this, but is there anything that, like, do you just kind of want to do this for a bit and you'll figure it out or is there anything um well you know i i definitely want to keep doing more with my company my clothing company yeah. and, and we got some projects that we're working on at home oh. we've got like a small inn that we're renovating now and oh. we want to make it geared towards cyclists or athletes um just make it a real high-end destination where people can come enjoy food and wine and 
ride bikes. We're gonna have a fleet of demo bikes. They don't have to bring their own bikes. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have electric bikes there, so you can ride with your spouses if they don't ride. Yeah. Um, so we're working on that, and my my development team. Like I said, I want to grow that, make it a, a real team in the next, you know, three to five years. Uh, it is already a real team. I mean, like a sure, you know, a pro tour team at some point. That'd be the ultimate goal. I don't know if it'll happen, but that's the the major goal. You really love bike racing, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I've, I've done it since I was eight years old. And, well, I've, even doing this development team stuff, like, I don't have to be at all the races. This yeah. is, I've been to, like, three races this year. Yeah. But for this is, like, our, our biggest invite, the Tour of Utah, so I felt it was really important to come, support the guys, and watch the first stage. And, yeah. Um, but my passion is just seeing, seeing these guys just, like, have whatever they need and yeah. just want to see them succeed. And that doesn't mean me traveling with them sure, all the time. Sure, I sure. just do stuff at home and you know try to garden sponsorships for them. Is it like it's a weird feeling not watching the pack right away and not being in it? Um, is it a weird feeling? No, t today was a little weird. Like finish, it's still a little strange. But you know, I, I know what it takes to be in that peloton. I know how yeah. hard, as you know, how yeah. hard you have to work and how it's so life-consuming. And yeah. to me, it's just. It's a lot. It's so much nicer not that it's not consuming my life anymore. Yeah. Like I still want to be part of it, and I still want to help my team grow. Yeah. But I want to do so many, so many other things. Yeah. And now I'm I'm able to do that. Yeah. I no, that's right. I see the bike. I I think I'll I'll miss that feeling of like, like I was saying earlier, the feeling of exhaustion, that feeling of being fit, like yeah. watching your body change. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a feeling like. Yeah. Uh, all. Feeling the process come together. Yeah, I, I definitely are gonna miss that. But everything else, where you're just like, you don't really know that many people in the pack anymore, yeah, yeah. and you're just like, oh. yeah, 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 no, it's, it's an interesting world. What well, aren't you gonna miss? What's like the number one thing you're just like, oh, I'm um, so glad. You know, like the the six weeks away from the family. Those those trips really really started to to bother me a lot. Yeah, um, the crashing, you know, the risks you take. Um, that really started coming on my mind the last three, four years. You know, the Tour de France last year, we're like, I crashed the day before on the Tour de and the next day we're, we went up this like 10K, 10% climb, and we're coming down the descent. We were just, we were behind the first group, so we had to come back. And uh, it was just, you could only see 10 meters in front of you. It was so it was so foggy. The only way you could see that there was corners coming was you'd have to see the, the red lights from the police motorbikes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going, you know, 50, 60K an hour. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is just insane. But in the race, you don't even, you just do it because you got to get back. It's weird how just, it doesn't make sense in anything else but sport. No, exactly. It's just so dangerous. <laughs> it's a lot like, so, uh, like when people get surprised at football players, like NFL football. Yeah, yeah. When those guys turn out to like, get in a bar fight yeah, or yeah. something. And they're, they're like, oh, he should be thrown out of the sport. But yeah. it's like, if these guys did in the street what they're paid million dollars to do oh yeah they'd be arrested oh yeah so sure. like if, and if we did if we came on a group ride if we went downhill that quick or we shot somebody in the inside yeah, yeah. Else, we'd be considered an asshole oh yeah for sure but because now there's a tv camera yeah yeah cool right <laughs> it's like yeah no, it's crazy uh, it is really insane you always got like this you had this and deservedly so you always had a reputation of being like the nice guy you never really had like any enemies man <laughs> like i i would feel like you're the kind of guy if you had a beef with beef with somebody you would keep it to yourself yeah probably. and just kind of avoid them like that was your way of yeah yeah and you know i i 
It's true. I mean, I did. I w if I had to be for someone, I would usually avoid them. And, but I always liked. You know, I knew when I when I was a young rider and I was racing in Europe, there was all these like bully Italian guys, and if you sure. made one mistake, they would just like freak out, freak out on you, and yeah. they would scream at the top oh, of their lungs yeah, and make oh, you feel yeah, like a total yeah. fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I would never be that guy. So you when I got in that position, you know, if I saw like a young kid make a mistake and. Somebody would start yelling at him. I'd, I'd like, even if I didn't know him, I'd be like, "Hey, man, it's fine. You know, we all do that shit." Like, it's like I didn't, never wanted to be that person. That's that's great. So yeah. you saw that, like, and oh, yeah. like, I'm never gonna be this. Absolutely, kid. yeah, because I know how bad it felt. Italians are really loud. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, great, man. Thanks for talking. Yeah.